And to Jesus be all the praise. Wonderful Lord, how we love Jesus. Thank God for his son, Jesus. Where would we be without the Lord? I don't even want to think about it. I'm sure you feel the same. Precious Redeemer, to give us this beautiful privilege, not only to know him and walk with him, but to serve him, to serve him. That's so precious of the Lord to allow us to do that. Well, thank you for being with me again today. And today I'm going to talk about finding and fulfilling your ministry. I believe every one of you is called to serve the Lord. And in these last days, how we need you. The Lord needs you. The kingdom needs you to serve the Lord right where you are, where you live, with your neighbors, your loved ones and friends. Father, we come in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray you'll bless your people today with this blessed word. Magnify yourself mightily today in and through each one of us. And Lord, glorify your wonderful name in and through our lives. We give you the praise and God's people said, Amen and Amen. Alright, Colossians four seventeen. And say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. Every one of us, has been given a ministry and we are called to fulfill it. The Bible makes that very, very clear to us. In Second Peter chapter 1, verse 10, we are told, Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Now he's talking to the whole church. Paul was speaking about one man, but now the whole church is called. We find here from the word and other portions. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fail. Now, you know, he had just been saying to them what they must do as Christians. In verse 4, we have precious promises. By these, we become partakers of the divine nature. And then he said, and beside all this, you give diligence. Add your faith, virtue, and to virtue power. Uh, sorry, and to virtue knowledge, I should say. And to knowledge, temperance. To temperance, patience. To patience, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness from brotherly kindness to love. If you do these things, and if they abound in you, they make it that you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord. But then he says, but now also make sure you also do this. And that is, brethren, be diligent that you make your calling and election sure, verse 10. So in addition to doing the things we need to do as Christians, Let's fulfill our calling. What is a calling? A calling is the ministry God has called us into as believers. What is in the the election? The election is our personal relationship with the Lord. So today, I want to talk to you about 
how to fulfill it, how to do it right. In Matthew 25, and beginning at verse 14, the Lord began to talk about the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his servants and delivered unto them his goods. To one he gave five talents, to another, to another two, and to another one. Now, very important words here in verse 15. It says, according to his several abilities. So he gave every man the gifts that he could handle according to his own ability. Very important that we notice this. Now, when you keep reading, it says, he that had the five talents came and said, Lord, I have more. And he was blessed and so on. And so did the second. But the third one said, well, Lord, I've hid what you gave me. And the Lord judged him with the unbelievers. So it's important to understand If we do not fulfill our calling, we will be judged. That's why it talks about in the scriptures, we will all, every believer will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Not to be judged for our sin, but to be judged for our our work. What did we do for the Lord in this life? So in 1 Peter 4.11, it says, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God, if any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God has given. So we see earlier that God gave talents in verse 15 as people were able to handle it, each to, uh, according to their own ability. Peter tells us the same thing. Let him do it as the ability which God gives. So each one of us has abilities. God has given you abilities. He's given me abilities. Now, we're not all called to be in some major ministry. We're not all called to be pastors or evangelists or prophets or and so on, teachers. But every one of us is called. Um, some are called to serve a man of God, like Joshua with Moses, uh, like Elisha with Elijah, and others in the Word of God. So, you know, Paul had secretaries. He had one man named Tychicus, Tychicus, excuse me, in Ephesians six twenty-one, who was the one who wrote the epistle to the church in Ephesus. So, these are called ministers. Also, everyone is in ministry. And in 1 Corinthians 4.2, it says a steward, a steward must be found faithful. So, now, God Almighty, I believe with all of my heart, wants each one of us. And yes, you can begin whenever, at whatever age in your life, it's never too late to begin. So, Who are the ones who can who can fulfill? Well, number one, they must be called. The Bible tells us in Isaiah, and like I said, everyone, every believer is called. A true believer is called. Anyone who is not called 
uh, truly is not a believer. Because Peter told us very, very clearly to fulfill our calling. So, uh, the Bible tells us that every one of us is called from the womb. Listen, O Isles, Isaiah 49, verse 1, unto me, and hearken ye people from afar. The Lord hath called me from the womb, from the bowels of my mother hath he made mention of my name. I think this applies to every believer. Uh, Isaiah 51, verse 16, also tells us this, because I want you to know your value. The Lord has put tremendous value in you. It says, and I have put my words in your mouth. I have covered you in the shadow of my hand, that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth and say unto Zion, you are my people. So he's speaking to the whole church when, when he says Zion. He says, I've put my words in your mouth. I've covered you in the shadow of my hand. So every one of us truly is called. Every one of us. But when you, when, when you look at the life of Elisha, then in that we, we, we see, uh, what is required of us. What is required where we can fulfill, we can fulfill our call. So number one, Elisha of course fulfilled his call, but how did he do it? Okay. Let's look at, uh, 1 Kings 19, 17. It says, uh, it shall come to pass, him that escapes the sword of Hazael shall Jehu slay, and him that escapes the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. So, he's a warrior. I don't think anyone can fulfill their call unless they are warriors in the spirit. They know how to war, how to go into spiritual warfare. I'm talking about on our knees, in prayer in prayer. So spiritual warfare is what gives that person the power and the ability to fulfill the call of God on his or her life. We have to be mighty warriors in the Lord. Because it says that Elisha was a warrior. It says, he that escapes the sword of Jehu will Elisha slay. Elisha slay means he has a sword. (laughs) He is a warrior. So that's important. What, what else do we, do we see about Elisha? Well, in 1 Kings 19, verse 19, it says, So he, meaning Elijah, departed thence. And he found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, plowing. So Elisha was plowing. What does plowing mean? Well, it says he was found working. He was a worker. He was not a lazy man. He knew that hard work is what causes you to fulfill your call. So he found him in the field with a plow. He departed thence and found the son of Shaphat plowing. Now plowing also speaks of prayer. So how do we truly work? We work as we pray. Prayer is work. Jesus said the work is believe on him whom God has sent. So we pray and we intercede. That's our work. So you want to fulfill your call? Be a warrior. You want to fulfill your call? 
Be found on the field with a plow. Be doing what God has called you to do in prayer. Whatever God calls you to do, do it with all your might. God does not choose men who are fit. He fits men who are chosen. And you are chosen. Every one of us is chosen. So God does not choose individuals who have ability. But he gives ability to those he chooses. God does not choose men who are fit. He fits men who are chosen. That's right. Hallelujah. If you find a faithful man, God will make him able. You cannot make an able man faithful. You can always make a faithful man able. I repeat, you cannot make an able man faithful. You can always make a faithful man able. So God looks for faithful people. A faithful, it says, a steward must be found faithful. Like Elisha, faithful. So notice that he, uh, Elisha that is, uh, was in the worst position. He was unpresentable, willing to get dirty. Why? Because it says he was plowing behind 12 yoke of oxen before him. Here are 12 massive animals in front of him, kicking dirt on him as they're going plowing as they're pulling the plow, I should say. And he's plowing behind them. And all the dirt is coming on Elisha. He did not care about getting dirty, his hands dirty. So that's why I say, God will always, you know, fit men who are chosen. If someone is faithful, he will give him the ability. So here he is in the worst position. He's he's unpresentable. He is dirty. His clothes are not exactly clean. But he is willing. And the Bible says something else about him that I think is incredible. In verse 20, 1 Kings 19, he left the oxen and ran after Elijah. You know what that says to me? That says to me that he was willing to forsake his business. He was, he was a farmer. A man who's plowing with 12 yoke, 12 animals is a farmer. He forsook his farm. He forsook everything and walked away. So people who are willing to, to give up all can fulfill their call. Nobody can fulfill his call if he's hanging on to other things. Did you say wow, wow, wow? Huh? You like it, right? Yeah, because he had to, Chad, he had to give up everything. Elisha was a rich farmer. You know how we know he was rich? He had eight animals in front of him. Said, Twelve, I should say, excuse me. Huh? He said no one can fulfill their call unless they're willing to give up all. You got it. No one can fulfill, he's listening, he likes that. No one can fulfill his call till he gives up everything. Everything. And it says here, he was a rich farmer. He, has t- he had 12 yoke of oxen before him. Imagine walking away when you're rich like that. Because poor farmers don't have 12 yoke of oxen. Many of them even don't even have one. They, they only have, have a... Poor, poor, the, the poor farmers in those days had only donkeys. They didn't have 
yoke of oxen, you know. Oxen are extremely expensive. Extremely expensive. You could buy a donkey for little money, but an ox, a lot of money. He had 12 of them. And he gave it all up. Wow. So, what do we see here? We see an absence of reluctance. You know, I never had anyone, Chad will tell you, I never had anyone who says to me, well, I'm going to pray about it, son. Good, goodbye, you know, I don't want you. Because if they show reluctance, they, 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 they're going to actually be big troublemakers. Jesus said to another, follow me, and he said, Lord, suffer me first to bury my father. Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead, right? This is Luke uh, chapter chapter 9. Another said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go say bye. And Jesus, what did, what, what, what did the Lord say to him? No man having put his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom. Because the man showed what? Reluctance. Well, now, let me go say bye. And the first guy said, let me go bury my dad. And the Lord refused them both. So learn from me. If you are in some business and you're listening to me now, if you have some big ministry, if someone shows reluctance, don't bother with that. If they say to you, I got to go pray about it, forget them and walk away and say, no, thank you very, very much. Because if they're called by God to be with you, they will not show any reluctance. Peter and, and John and James were fishermen and they were fishing. And they saw the Lord Sam that said to them, cast the net. And they cast the net and all kinds of fish got in the boat. And then they had to have other boats come help them. And they began to drown. So many fish. When they got to shore, Jesus, the Lord said, follow me. Not one of them said, let us go sell the fish first, then we will follow you. Not, not one mention of them saying, let's go sell the fish. They followed, they, they forsook the fish and everything else in their business. They were fishermen. And look how God used them. So it's important to understand you have to forsake all to fulfill your call. And look what else he did in, and this is something people I think don't pay attention to in First Kings. Let's go back to First Kings, alright? And let's go back to Chapter 19. And let's look at something that I think is very, very amazing to me anyways. So it says, And he returned, verse 21, And he returned, Well, let me just go back. I I think I need to read verse 20 and on. He left the oxen and ran after Elijah, no reluctance. And then he said, Let me go kiss my father and my mother. And Elijah rebuked him. He said, "What, What have I done to you? So he didn't do it. It says he returned back from him and he took the the yoke of oxen. There's no mention. He said bye to his parents. He ran after Elijah. He takes, it says he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen, slew them, boiled their flesh. Wow with the instruments of the oxen and give unto the unto the people. You know what this says to me? He burnt his farming instruments. He renounced his former life. He forgot his past. 
Now he he could have easily kept, you know, the instruments maybe for someone else to use, maybe his family. But he was the owner of that business. He burnt it all up. Wow. He slew the oxen. He boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen. So which means he took all the wood, all the stuff he was using for farming and burnt it all up. He renounced his former life. He forgot his past. I'm going to say something powerful here. Those who cannot forget yesterday will never see tomorrow. May I say it again? Those who cannot forget yesterday will never see tomorrow. It's important that we forget the past. Not look back and say, you know, maybe I can keep one foot in the world. Maybe I can still keep my business going and serve God. I don't know about that. Because nothing becomes dynamic until it becomes specific, right? I know you've heard me say that, but I'll say it again. Nothing becomes dynamic in life until it becomes specific. You only focus on one goal to succeed, not on two goals. Now, let's look at one more thing. The Bible tells us that he became one of the servants. Not because it says, then he arose, I'm reading verse 21 of 1 Kings 19. Then he, he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. But we know from the word that Elijah had other servants besides Elisha. Because in 1 Kings 18 and verse 43, it, it says to us very, very clearly that he left, and I'll just read this to you quickly. When he was on the way down to Horeb, he left his servant behind. He didn't just go with his servant. So here it is. He said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. He left him behind earlier when he went down to Horeb. But then in chapter 18, he, 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 he also says, go, go and look for the, for the rain. So he had another servant, meaning Elisha wasn't the only one. Elisha was one of the servants. Yet, even though he was one on staff, he gave up everything. Even though he was one on staff, he burnt his instruments. So he, he wasn't looking for position number one. He was just wanting to serve. And it says he was willing to do anything because in Second Kings, now we all know that, but sometimes people don't pay attention to those little pieces of beauty here in the Bible, those golden nuggets as they call them. Second Kings 3 and verse 11. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord by him? One of the king of Israel's servants answered and said, Here is Elijah the son of Shaphat who poured water on the hands of Elijah. He would wash his hands for him. He was a personal servant. Well, in those days, they didn't have running water, right? So he would go to the well and get it for him and pour it on his hands and help him wash his hands. So God Almighty will, 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 will enable one to fulfill his call if he's willing to do anything. Notice, he wasn't prophesying here. He was pouring water on the hands of Elijah. 
So, you must be a warrior. First Kings 19.17 Number two, be plowing in the field. First Kings 19.19 Number three, no reluctance whatsoever. You ran after Elijah. Bye-bye, mommy. Bye-bye, mommy. Bye-bye. I should say daddy. And he said goodbye. Number four, he burnt his farming instruments. He renounced his former life. Wow. He becomes one of Elijah's servants. Not the servant, one of them. Number five. Number six, he was willing to do anything. Anything. Even pouring water on the hands of Elijah. And finally, number seven. He never left his side. He couldn't fulfill his ministry if he had left. Remember when they were walking together? Uh huh. And he said to, to Elijah, or Elijah said to Elisha, you know what? The Lord is sending me now away. So why don't you just stay right here? Second Kings 2, it came to pass when, it, when the Lord would take up Elijah to heaven by will, when that Elijah went with Elijah from Gilgal. And Elijah says, he fired him three, fired him three times in one day and he wouldn't leave. He said, for, he said, I pray thee for the Lord has sent me to Bethel or first to Gilgal. He said, no. He says, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. I'm going with you. He went to Gilgal. He went to Bethel. He went to Jericho and Jordan. Wow. He wouldn't leave. That, I believe, is the seventh key to fulfilling your ministry. Never leave the place God put you in. Anyone who jumps from place to place will never fulfill their ministry. Stay there. Until God opens the door for you to begin ministering, to begin doing what is right. But if you jump from church to church, from place to place, you'll never be able to even know what God wants you to do. So Elisha was one of the servants, not the main man. He was one of them. It didn't affect him. And later on, he got so close to Elijah that he went with him on that trip in 2 Kings 2. There were prophets watching everywhere. But Elisha got close enough. And Elijah says, you know what, don't go with me. I need to be alone. No, I'm not, gonna, I'm not leaving. You can't fire me. I'm staying here until I fulfill what God gave me. And he did. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray everyone listening will fulfill that call, will fulfill that ministry you gave them. No matter if it's big or small, no matter if it's ministering to just one or two or thousands, in the name of Jesus, Lord, let them fulfill it, that they may stand before you on that day and not be ashamed, not be rejected, like that one who hid his talent, your talent, Lord, he hid it, and he was thrown out with the unbelievers. That every one of us will stand on that day with a smile, rejoicing. Hallelujah. And we will hear you say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We give you the praise. 
and God's people said, Amen and Amen. Well, I pray this has blessed you today. It's been a great week. And now it's time to give to the Lord's work. Yeah, I'll be with you tomorrow. But it's time to give to the Lord's work. Listen, I want God to bless you. I want God to increase you financially every day. I want everything you touch to prosper. And I'm telling you right now, we are in the greatest days right now in the kingdom of God because we're seeing mighty things happening inside Israel. For the first time in 2,000 years, Jewish people are winning Jewish people to the Lord. For the first time in 2,000 years, Matthew 10, 23 is being fulfilled where Israelites are winning Israelites. And Jesus said he will come back before this is over inside Israel. It's happening rapidly. The coming of the Lord is almost upon us. And, and, and when we sow seed, financial seed, we protect our future. And then we, we are in line, we get ourselves in line to receive the wealth of the sinner so we can finance the end time harvest. God is going to use you mightily and bless you financially as you obey him in all matters and in giving. All right. You know what to do. It's time to sow your seed now. God has blessed you with his word today, as we've been doing and seeing every day. You can sow right on the platform you're watching me on. You can do it by text, BHM45777. You can go to our website, benihin.org. You can send it in the mail. The address is on the screen. But it's the simplest to do it online. You can do it right on the platform you're watching me on right now. So simple. Or you can text it. BHM45777. But giving guarantees receiving and guarantees protection for the future for you and your family. Much love. I'll see you tomorrow. Shalom.